Welcome to Sports Theory Podcast. We got Derek, Marcus, and Trevor here today. Um, some of the big news around the NFL, obviously, I think the most exciting one, kind of the one that I've seen the most debate about, is Tom Brady and his 600th touchdown pass ball. Um, did you guys see what, what that guy got for it? Yeah, I did. But first off, Mike Evans, pay attention. Like You, you don't have any idea in the world. That, that's um, my first thing. Like, how, like, how does that ball end up in the stands? Yeah, see, I mean, there has to be buzz around the entire sideline, like counting down, like, hey, guys, this is happening. Like, come on. Yes, like you have to have some sort of an idea. And I think for me, the most frustrating thing, and we're going to talk about the, the ball stuff here in a sec, was I knew Mike Evans was going to have a fucking monster day. Loved him first touchdown. Knew Alvin Kamara was going to have a monster day. Loved him first touchdown. Mike Evans scores 70 touchdowns, just can't go first, you know, miss a couple of those props. But sometimes you just have a feeling about a guy who's just going to just go off. And fortunately, this week I wasn't playing either one in fantasy. But, um, yeah, when, when you look at it, um, just checking some of these new numbers now, which is more than what I heard earlier, I guess my first question really is, does it get taxed? Does this come as a gift? Because I know that anything you win in Florida, if you win anything, they're still trying to tax you for it. Uh, when I won a 50-50 in the Lightning game a few years ago, they fucking taxed me instantly on it. Does he get taxed on this? How does that work? That's very important in this prize. Absolutely. Definitely does. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think like the only type of like gifting you can give is like husband to wife or wife to husband. And it's like as long as it's in the amount of 50000 or less in cash. Uh, don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I've taken taxation at Florida State. But yeah, no, he's definitely getting taxed. And hey, I mean, a Bitcoin, that's pretty cool. That's why here is one of those in a Tom Brady Bitcoin valued at roughly $60,000, like to sweeten the deal. But my question is like, was that really enough? Like, how it's much not. is that? No. Yeah, how much is that ball actually worth? Like, in so I, I saw uh, Brady was on with with Eli and Peyton during the Monday Night Football, and he's like, "That guy gave a ball his leverage when he gave it back to us." He's like, "I and that, that was my first thought. I was like, you don't give it back. Take the fucking ball home if you have to. Like, I Run. don't, I don't Run. care. I, I would have left the game immediately. Uh, I saw a lot of the auction houses chimed in. Some guys, uh, you know, uh, evaluate. Um pro memorabilia and they were saying probably in the 500 to 600 thousand dollar range is what they think that ball is worth um they said you know you get one kind of crazy super fan who has a bunch of money and they could go even higher but they're saying conservatively they thought a half million um so you look at this package here and no it's it's nowhere near enough (laughs) conservatively you're talking multi-million dollars Um, it it could easily at at an auction because there's only one of them well they, they had those um um, I was showing you guys uh, before the season started, like the ten dollars raffles or whatever, and one of them was a thing with Tom uh, Tom Brady. Like, watch the game from the box, get get the first Buccaneers game worn shoes. That one went into well into six figures just for that. You talk about the first and potentially the only person to get six hundred touchdown passes. Obviously, later down, some of these guys the way it's going, but uh, I mean, he's getting some good money. I just hope for his sake that the Bucks are giving him some other shit under the table or else I'd be like, why are we announcing this? Like, I'm getting fucked. Like, could you just imagine, like, you get a free ticket or one of your buddies wants to take you to the game and you get all this and you're like, let's just say you're not financially doing great. Next you, next thing you know, you have all of these and now you owe the IRS, what, a lot of a lot of money. I'm, I'm seeing uh, well over $10,000 in taxes. Yeah, so so a little bit of background about this guy. From a financial standpoint, the dude has definitely got to be in some massive debt. He's a residency student, I believe, at Largo Med. Uh, so he's 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 pre, he's going to be a doctor or a DO at, at some point. So he's going to get paid. 
But those student debts, I'm sure, are adding up. So I'm sure, I'm sure he could use a little extra cash there. But yeah, some of the other things, if you haven't seen it out there, two signed jerseys and a signed helmet by Brady. Jersey and game-worn cleats by Mike Evan, the dumbass that decided to give him the ball. Uh, two season tickets uh, for the remainder of this year, as well as 2020, plus that Bitcoin action. Uh, I'd say, you know, definitely did not get what it was worth. And my biggest thing was, uh, like, it wasn't even Brady or a player. Like, it was like some like weird assistant that came up and negotiated it with them. Like, I mean, it wasn't even it didn't even look like a hard sell. When like I was like, come like just give it back. Like, we'll give you something. Like, come on, fight for it a little bit. But uh, and and that guy's gonna be a doctor. Great, hope <laughs> making the making those types of big decisions. But I, uh, I easily would have been like, uh, we'll talk later. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Invite me to the suite after the game. Bring Brady. We'll negotiate. Bring Giselle. <laughs> here's my card. Right. <laughs> I like it. Uh, like, yeah, you want this shit? It's about to get weird. Um, you know, but that's just me. Uh, but that had to be the biggest storyline um, because we can talk about some of the other games and how they unfolded. But I think we'll talk about those when we start touching into some of the games because there were some very interesting games, big go fuck yourself games. Uh, I'm not uh, pointing out or like singling out anyone, Sam Darnold, but um, you know we we have a lot of a lot of stuff to cover. But some other big stories, uh, Mike Tomlin, it filled every kind of news source today. Uh, Mike Tomlin, I, well, I, I didn't catch the initial uh, inter- interview, but it seemed like it was relatively more of a coherent response from Mike Tomlin, although it was still kind of jumbled in some of those uh, re- re- responses. From my understanding, Ryan Clark was maybe the one kind of started some of the speculation because of not necessarily saying that Tomlin was going to go to LSU, but saying, hey, this is what it would take. And you know how the media goes. Everyone interprets everything the way that they want. Um it's kind of a weird situation. What are you, what are you guys thinking about this? Because it's I was kind of mind blown. I'm also like, please go to USC. <laughs> yeah, that's he's, a, he's he's in one of those top tier NFL jobs where like you don't leave that job. He's got the job security. He he's in a good position. You might leave it for another NFL job. I think you just keep doing this for a while, and then let's say down the road, you know, if if he wants to make that move towards the back end of his career. Sure. But he's still a young guy. He's very much in his prime. Uh, he's probably got another 20 years left in the NFL. I don't think you make the move back to college, especially USC. Like, I mean, I think he'd be great for USC. I think they back up the money truck and pay him, you know, $10 million a year. No problem. Um, to say there's a, you know, there's not a blank check big enough. That's a lie. There's enough money. If they, if they come around tomorrow, like, Hey, you know what? We really want to get this thing off the ground. We have some benefactor who's going to come in and they, Obviously, $20 million isn't a real number. But if somebody says $20 million, you take that. Like, you're a fucking idiot if you don't. So to say that you know, there's no – you see a lot of coaches, and, and usually it seems like the, the more they come out against it, the faster they're gone. Uh, but in this case, like, you have one of the premier NFL jobs. I don't – he'd be an idiot if he left. And, and it's not like you're a shitty team, like where you're getting fired and going down to college. That's the only time that happens. Uh, the Steelers are still – Winning, winning games. They just don't win some of the games that they should, but they're still winning. He's productive, so it, it is. A, it's a stupid thought. Quite frankly, James Franklin's already accepted that job. Uh, that one's under the radar, but he's going to be leaving Penn State at the end of the season. Uh, there's just no. There's. It doesn't make sense at all, at all, and so mind blown. 
it's it's smoke. There's there's nothing behind it. It's it's just publicity that the media is making up to drum up some news. Uh, I I loved I I loved his response. Uh, and you're absolutely right, Derek. There's definitely guys that can cut that check and make that happen. You know, if it needs to be. I mean, yeah, you can't if, you can't tell me there's no money no. you can do it for. But even at smaller schools, they can even make that happen. But it's USC. You you've got a huge booster base that can easily make that happen. But you're right. No, Tomlin's there to stay. I'm sorry, Marcus. I'm sure you, I know you want him to go. But he's he's going to be around, and he's going to be around for the Steelers for a while. Yeah, I, I think the proposition is more interesting if he's like sixty. Now, if he towards the back end and he just wants to coach, you know, an easy ten years, fifteen years, and then hang it up, sure. But like, he's still very much like in his prime. Let, let me let me just clarify something here. It's not that I want him to go. I just want him. I expect I expect more. I want always want them to win. So it, it's not that I want him to go. I just want my guys to perform better. And it, they could go fifteen and one. I'm gonna I'm gonna bullshit about that one game. You know, I'm, I don't have to bring up statistics, but it happens every single year. I just I want more, I expect more, I need more, I deserve more. Uh, not mm-hmm. to be selfish, but yeah. if, if if you're talking money versus legacy, there's plenty of money going to coaches in the NFL. But if if you're looking at hey, who are some great head coaches in the NFL? We could we could go bang off those lists, but realistically. How many head coaches from college do you know outside of like reading about Bear Bryant? It's pretty much Saban and Urban Meyer and Les Miles had their runs. And but no one really cares or talks about it. Like NFL legacy is where it's at. And that's really where the conversation should stop. Yeah, yeah. well, no, that's true. The Steelers would get it right when uh, when they get rid of Ben and they move on to a franchise quarterback, whether that be in free agency or they get someone out of the draft, which those prospects and high-end quarterbacks seem to be dwindling away right now yeah. in the college Spen- ranks. Spencer Rattler went from one to he's going to have to transfer and play somewhere, not even a first-round prospect anymore. How insane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll take him to Florida State uh, all day. Speaking <laughs> of, of, of high-end available quarterbacks – Mm-hmm. Um, we're about, we're less than a week away from the trade deadline. Uh, Deshaun Watson still seems to be available, but it doesn't seem like Houston's budging on their asking price. Do you think anybody ponies up enough to get it done? I, I don't think you can at this point, although the whole situation is stinks, right? It's just so disgusting. We've seen more, um, interactions we see more evidence visually in his text messages and uh, 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 Instagram posts or that have been shared like the DMS and the Instagram that's been just masseuses more than we've I, we haven't seen it technically we haven't seen a single email we haven't seen a lot of anything going on well, I mean there's an investigation police investigation going on so that's you're not going to get any of that this isn't one of those like civil courts where shit leaks for public opinion like there's still a criminal investigation going on no not no just, not no what, I, what I'm it's saying FBI. is the FBI what, what I, is investigating yeah. this that's serious yeah what I'm saying is they're investigating him but we've seen more content from that than we have in other other um people's emails but oh that, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we get into that one too yeah yeah show. we we've seen more from this than anything else and yeah. the guy's not even on the commissioner's exempt list which is i think the biggest story technically he could have played every single game this season i i don't nothing. think that's i don't i think if if there's any indication that he got activated to a roster he would have been on the exempt list immediately i think adele's like hey don't fucking make me do this like I think that the everybody knows as soon as somebody tried to play him, he wouldn't be able to play. 
Well, let me let me ask this question. Uh, do you think it's more of a strategic move, knowing that he's going to get suspended? Like when you, when you think about it, suspension's coming down once the investigation fully concludes. Obviously, so do the, does the commissioner have the ability to like say, "Hey, you haven't played. You may you electively chose not to play. We'll, we'll retroactively start your you know." I don't, I, I don't think it's like time served. No, no, no. I, don't, I, time served? Oh. I don't think it's like good behavior, time served, or anything like that. It's wishful thinking, but I'm also not the commissioner. That would be my that'd be my response. I don't I don't think it works that way. It could. It could. Hey, you haven't been seen at any it, masseuses it, lately. It and- feels. It feels like this is the NFL's way of suspending him for the season without suspending him for the season. Yeah, but just imagine like, like we're not going to start the clock yet. We're going to Houston. Don't play him. He's not allowed to play. But we're not going to put him the exempt list because we don't want to start this clock yet. Power move. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you, Trevor. So ima- imagine that for him, this is their way of suspending him without suspending him. So. We're going to pay you 35 $35 million, and you're not going to have to play for the team you don't want to play for, and then you won't be suspended when they trade you to a team that you want to play for. That's a terrible pun. Um, oh, there's no, there's a suspension coming. He'll he'll serve it eventually. But my th- thing is, I don't think the NFL was ready to give him more than like six or eight games. Uh, so this way, you know, they bought an, uh, an extra eight from Houston sitting on him and now they, they put their six or eight on and that's a whole season. <laughs> well, so obviously Miami has been the big talking point there, but uh, it just came in, it just came in yesterday, like right at, like, I think 30 minutes after the Carolinas lost to the giants, which I'm going to be bitter about for the rest of the year. I will not bet on Carolina until someone else comes back. So I learned three things from watching that Carolina game. Now, Number two might have been retracted because Carolina just backed out. One, Sam Darnold is so bad. He is just the absolute worst quarterback. Number two, Christian McCaffrey, I think by not playing, is kind of re- this really re-showing you like how talented he is. They have they didn't lose a single game when he played a single like a, if he played one minute in a game, they're undefeated. When he's not there, they ha- they literally they haven't scored a touchdown in a while. Like they're terrible. They can't win. And um, number three, I'm just actually going to keep this one off the air because it's a little uh, graphic. So I don't want to get into that. But Carolina's terrible. Uh, it's it's really hard for me, like for Miami. I hate when teams give up on quarterbacks so easy because Tua had a really good game. He also had some bad throws. It's so I think it's with the quarterback position. It's so hard right now because you just want everyone to come in. And we, we've all had them before. You want them to come in. It's not an easy position to just come in and dominate. And some guys do, and then sometimes they have bad, bad years. Whether it be in their contract, you have to just sign a massive contract, kind of like Kansas City's quarterback, or if it's early on. Like there's a lot of things going on in there, and it's it's, it's not an easy position. If and that's the position you have to invest in, because you're going to be there for a long time. It's tough. It's just a it's a catch twenty two as far as Miami's concerned for me. Yeah, my it's it, it is a tough spot for Miami. I, I think two is garbage. Also, like talking to a few orthopedic specialist like that is not an injury that you know you're going to get away from down the road like it is going to impact him early on so his his time frame in the nfl is is shortened compared to a lot of your other nfl quarterbacks uh one thing i will say about the impact of christian mccaffrey when he was playing sam darnold looked like the next you know next best thing we were all talking like man the jets were the problem like clearly sam darnold was what was he he was leading the league in rushing tds uh when when cmc was in the lineup like rushing the was, touchdowns was just doing well and they were three no 
making proper plays. It, yeah, like it looked good. So uh, speaking to the impact that one player can have on a team, there uh, there's very few people, I probably can count them on one hand, who have that much of an impact on a team that CMC has on the Panthers. And it's it's tough to see. I, I feel bad for the guy. He's... I hope he gets back. I hope he doesn't rush it. He's gonna ha- he's gonna have a long, you know, very successful career. Might even beat, you know, uh, Kamara's. Uh, what was that? What was that record? Three uh, in his first. What was it three thousand sixty five games? Yeah, to three thousand rushing and three thousand receiving. He's only got about thirteen games to get one hundred and fifty receiving yards. So hopefully, in those twelve games, he'll be able to manage that. Oh no, no sh- doubt. Yeah. So, he so he'll be play those real 12. quick. Yeah, Kamara better look up, take a picture because that that record's out of the books once CMC comes back. But uh, anyways, well, I guess we'll get into you know more of the games of the week. I know we're talking a lot about these teams. Uh, I didn't, I did not put Carolina on the docket here because that game uh, is not necessarily one we need to talk about. But uh, for the first one, uh, I think we've got a pretty good one here. Um, and technically, I think the line kind of confuses me a, bit, a little bit. But first game we'll talk about here is a Thursday night game. What a great great Thursday night one that we have. Packers at uh, Cardinals. So we've got the Cardinals uh, minus six and a half from what I have with a 50 and a half over under here. This is a this is a big matchup. I mean, are we are we looking at the potential NFC championship game matchup here early on in the season? What are you all thoughts on this one? Oh, it's it's so hard to figure that out. It kind of depends on who gets the, the final seating is the most important when it comes to playoffs. And. And remember, this this year in the playoffs, it's so much different. This is going to be the first time where we have seven teams. We only have one team getting a bye. But there are obviously two, some of the teams in contention. There's three or four other teams that are going to be going to be there when it comes push, when push comes to shove. But I love the Cardinals. And I think not having Devontae Adams will, A, it's, I, there's a lot of weight coming on Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of weight coming on Matt LaFleur, who I think is has to absolutely be the most overrated and the most overrated head coach in the history. And that's head and shoulders above Mike Tomlin. And you, and I, I talked plenty about how much I think he is overrated. Uh, Matt LaFleur, I think he's posted thir- back-to-back 13-3 and three seasons. If, if I'm not mistaken, no Devonte, no receiving core. This is there's a lot. There's a lot of lot of things that are gonna be needed to beat my darling Cardinals. I just it's hard for me to see. Initially, that was my thought. Six and a half. I'm like, where? What's going on? So the first thing I did was look to see that uh, Green Bay's got no receiving core, which obviously changes things. But if you're if you're a um, Aaron Jones fantasy owner, this is or DFS player, this is the best time to do it. Because and actually, AJ Dillon's going to be getting his fair share. So it's over under. I'd I'd have to. I honestly, I, I was going to try and make a play for under, but let's let's just hammer the over here. But I, the Cardinals roll at home. They're going to just keep rolling all, all season, right? I think yeah. the Cardinals match up really well with what the Packers don't do well. I think that defensive front is is really good. I think they they have the ability to get some linebackers into the rush and and bring extra people. Um, and it, it just it just comes out of the Cardinals offense like. That Packers defense is dog shit. They don't have an answer. There, there's probably if Devonte Adams is he is he out ruled out or is he still might play? I th- I think he no. I think today would have been he his second. It was ju- it just broke like yesterday that he has to he had, they didn't even mention him having the like, two negative tests. So I'm not even sure. You know, vaccinated. Got it. 
Um, so, and even if so, I know Al Nazar definitely won't be there because that just came out this morning. So yeah. I, so then, without then, the Cardinals have the five best wide receivers playing in this game. So, <laughs> like the Green Bay has no chance. <laughs> yeah, it could be it could, could be a nice Randall Cobb day. Bring it back because they're going to need him to do something. Uh, Amari Rogers could ha- he needs to do something. It's his rookie that I was kind of high on in the uh, mid late rounds there for the Packers, but. And it's just going to be nice to watch the Cardinals keep rolling because, you know, all the all the hate that goes down. They're, they're such a weird team. They drafted weird and th- things have been strange. Obviously, we're talking about um, them going to get A.J. Green when they already stacked their receiver with waiting on Larry Fitzgerald. Just strange draft picks. But strangely enough, it's it's molding together properly. Like they're just getting the pieces where they need and like they're legit contender. Yep. So just to confirm, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard are out. And plus, you got Marquez Valdez Scantling still on the IR. So, so just throw a few of these names out there that they're that they're going to be putting on the field. Obviously, Randall Cobb. That's their wide receiver one. Like the the dude. <laughs> I don't even know how old he is, but I mean, Rogers was the only reason why he came back. Then you got this guy. I can't even pronounce his name. Aquanimius Saint Brown. Yeah, Amari Rogers. There you go, Malik Taylor. So, I would say. If, if, if you are in a deep league and you need some wide receivers, you might have some streaming ability to pick up some of these guys because I'm, I'm on the Cardinals scoring big. They've, they've only scored less than 31 points one time all season, so they're going to put it on a really shitty Green Bay defense, and Green Bay is going to have to try to you know scoop their way out of it. So, yeah, obviously Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, you're going to have a lot of good PPR opportunities with those two, but obviously these receivers have to get some some type of production out of there with the other ones out. So I would say I'm I'm hammering the over, and I, I think the Cardinals win big. So if there's any way for you to kind of do like a, a double parlay on this one, I don't know the technical term. I'm sure Marcus you knew you know, but Packers definitely cover on the over all day is what I'd be taking here. The so I have a real quick question to pose to both of you before we start touching some of these other games. Uh, go Cardinals, go baby. But as it stands right now, not in week nine or going forward, which receiving core would you rather be throwing the football to? What's sitting in Green Bay, New Orleans, or Baltimore? It's still Green Bay because they had Devontae Adams. No, as of right now. Oh, like, of, like who's playing eight, today? Yeah. Um damn <laughs> like, it's, there's like there's not really a redeeming quality on any of them so it, there, there, it's not maybe, it's a tough question maybe baltimore <laughs> yeah uh, you get you have to take baltimore i think the only reason why like M- M- hollywood brown okay he's he, he i think he's a little overrated from what his numbers show right now but andrews dude andrews is a solid solid tight end he's a great security blanket and uh and jackson has shown that he does throw the ball to him occasionally and he's a great uh, red zone threat when he gets those looks. So I feel like you got to kind of default to who's got the best tight end out of that group. Uh, and I think you got to go Ravens there, but uh, at the worst, out of the worst, definitely the Packers with, with no Devonte or Lazard, like there's nothing there. It's a barren wasteland. I, I still kind of weirdly think the saints receiving court might be worse, man. They're, they're awful. They're so with, you know, Michael Thomas obviously comes back. So at least they have someone to run uh, sufficient uh, slants, but <laughs> Outside of that, it's 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 a barren wasteland. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Uh, I, I don't even know who is who is who is the Saints' tight end. I know was a Jawan like Williams or something like that. It's kind of like a hybrid tight end wide and receiver. Adam Troutman. I took him on Sunday as one of my flyers for twenty one to one first touchdown. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not, not too didn't shabby. work. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually never works. Ben for the Saints. I stay away from them completely. They're so up and down. But uh, anyways, well, I think we're pretty good on the uh, on the cards here. Next game that we got uh, this. This should be an interesting one. Uh, really interesting to kind of hear your thoughts on this. Steelers, uh, three and a half point dogs um, at Cleveland uh, with a with, I think, one of the lowest over unders of the week at forty two and a half. Uh, obviously, Steelers, Big Ben, you know, they've had some big wins here. They're th- they're three and three. A win would put them above five hundred. Cleveland sitting here at four and three with a banged up Baker and a banged up, you know, back, uh, running back core. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen in this game, but I'm pretty sure, uh, I, I don't necessarily like the Browns in this situation, uh, with, with how banged up that they are. But, uh, what are your all thoughts? Do you think, you think the Steelers can come out here with an upset? Absolutely. They, they should. I th- what, the Steelers play best when they're underdogs. Uh, coming off of a bye, trying to get a little bit healthier. There's still some question marks in weird places. If you were to tell me that and say Team A is a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus Team B, didn't matter who it was, I'd tell you take, take the points. It's going to come down to it. And you know, statistically, the AFC North over field goals usually, usually want to take the dog. Um, I, I have to homer pick whatever, but no cream hunts huge. That's a big part of their offense. And I'm not, I'm, I still have, I haven't caught up on the news on Baker, but I'm, I imagine he's either not going to be playing again, or he's going to still be kind of really dinged up. I think Cleveland really has to take a look at how they're going to do that going forward. I know that injury took, it takes a few weeks to, to heal because it was more than just the ligament. It was the bone as well. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong there, but this game very well could be even lower scoring than Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Denver from the other night, which I think finished at 39, 37. So take the, I'd, I'd have to aim at the under, but definitely take the Steelers plus three and a half. You know, everyone talks about big Ben's arm, but he's, you know, he makes, he makes some dumbass plays. He's just making them a little bit, making those dumbass plays in different styles than he used to when he was more athletic. Now he just trips over his own feet instead of breaking nine sacks and throwing a pick right to DB standing by himself. Uh, there, there will be a big play, nothing too massive. Uh, 20 yards, I think, is an easy number. Uh, obviously, they're going to be missing Juju, but um, they have to have a big dad in Najee. And Cleveland has to continue to get pressure. They've been a little too inconsistent on defense, and I think their best performance against Chicago kind of gets undermined it really feels like they just can't scheme properly as far as the coaching in which it leaves players like miles garrett who has to be a front runner for mvp but uh as long-winded as that was take the steelers plus the points <laughs> yeah it's 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 definitely gonna be an interesting game i'm looking at these depth charts and i just see you know questionable after questionable after questionable like these teams are banged up uh it's good that the steelers had some time to heal uh, my big question is Nick Chubb actually coming back. I mean, he's listed as questionable that that could be a really big play here, uh, in, in this game. If he's back, that's, that gives them some, the Cleveland well, an opportunity. Was he, was he a groin or a, a hamstring? That's a good question. So it's, it's a, it's a tough call because if you're going to rely on Case Keenum, 
and you don't have the outlet of of Cream uh, Hunt, Nick Chubb has to be at a hundred percent. Obviously, assuming Baker's out, but it's Baker and Chubb kind of fall into the same position. Pittsburgh's struggling. Do you can you confidently like rely on your team um, and and leave them out to be healthy going forward because it is a long season? Is it kind of one you roll the dice on? I think I think so. I mean you're four and three, so a loss would put you at five hundred. It's you need to get healthy here, and you've got yeah. You know, well, OBJ, I think we could all agree is one of the biggest busts. You know, coming back, I don't think that dude's gonna do much of anything. There's no connection with him and Baker. So even if he's in or out, actually, probably if he's in, it's gonna be <laughs> worse for them. Landry coming back though is, is is big news. So if he plays, that will help. Uh, I agree. I think if that front, if that front four can really make uh, a push with Garrett, you know, Clowney uh, getting to Big Ben, that's going to be a big difference uh, in this game because if Ben Ben can't can't move, uh, but then it comes down to Najee. If Najee plays like Najee and they get him the ball, um, both running it and through the passing game, I think they can easily take you know, run away with this. I, I I don't have much confidence in the Browns' offense right now. And I think one one person in my uh, in, at my my other work or whatnot said it gave me a bet Najee uh, over under twenty, and he took the under. I'm like, oh, I'll take the over all day, and I'll double that. Uh, <laughs> it's like give give me that. He's gonna have I think a monster game, and they're gonna need him to have a monster game, as you mentioned it. So, I, I mean, I like I like the Steelers here. Uh, I think it's gonna be a, a sloppy game. Uh, but I, I'm not touching that over under. It's kind of a scary 42 and a half for me right now. But, you know, I just don't like the Browns. And I have a lot of people who are in Cleveland. So I like betting against the Browns because it makes me happy. It's, it's so. one of my favorite things. Derek, <laughs> where, where you, Derek, where you at on this game? <laughs> I think it's got to be the Steelers. Um, I don't it's not it's nothing that I, I like about Pittsburgh. And I think Ben Ben sucks. Uh, but. It's still kind of that like little brother syndrome, I think. I think the Browns find a way to lose against Pittsburgh a lot, even when they shouldn't. And this is under the assumption of no Baker. Um, I, I don't think Case Keenum's the guy. <laughs> so <laughs> like he's he's not I like honestly when they I saw Case Keenum was starting, I was surprised that he was in the NFL still. So just to uh, before we jump into this next game, what are the odds that this question about Mike Tomlin going to USC is kind of planted like this whole story is planted just so they can come in upset cleveland get right back stay in the mix the whole afc north is one game separating yeah one game separating everyone right now just a planted story so they can come out and say pittsburgh here to stay is it it, there's not i don't think there's anything too far-fetched to believe in anymore and just one of those weird maybe coincidences. I I think if it's if it is, it's planned. It was planted from within the Steelers organization to get Mike Tomlin to come out and play better and say, "Hey, I am I am the NFL coach. I I'm the guy. I, I am legit." Yeah, light like, a fire under his ass. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm down with that. If he he comes out, gets the boys ready, um, I'll I'll lay off his ass for another week. If that so, is actually true, I would have so much more respect for that organization. That would so, be awesome. so what I'm hearing here is Marcus planted an anonymous story <laughs> to get. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Allegedly, allegedly. Anonymous, yeah. So anyways, a couple quick games. Titans, Colts, everyone has to be kind of baffled here. Um, is, is this line? Titans are one-point dogs heading into Indy. Uh, over and didn't bet much money, but I definitely had an emotional pick. 
going into Sunday night because I'm still pissed at Rodrigo, baby dick. But the Colts mollywopped, mollywopped the 49ers. Also, the Titans mollywopped the Chiefs. It could be a split game. It's weird. Who Who's going to show up? Titans, Titans won the game one. They won the first one. I think they're going to sweep the Colts. Titans are absolutely going to destroy the Colts here. Uh, the, now, being a 49ers fan, that was a very rough game. Uh, but that was also, weird, weirdly, like a monsoon was going on, like in, in in California. Like the weather was so bad. The, the balls, if you looked at, like if you had a 4K TV, they were shining, completely soaked. And they used the twi- uh, two times the amount of normal balls that they used during that oh, game. Oh, humble brag. Oh, Man. yeah. Oh, yeah. So many balls. <laughs> so many balls out there. My, my TV's so nice. The balls are shiny. <laughs> so yeah, no, I should really hook up my other stuff that I watch on my big screen TV. I don't even have <laughs> HD. <laughs> oh, you want to see, see other shiny balls? Lots, yeah, lots, lots of lots of balls out there. But the balls weren't growing in 49ers' favor. They were, uh, they were, Colts definitely rolled there. I think that was won by the better running back. Um, and if you go by the better running back in the Titans uh, Colts game, it, King Henry is going to just, I think, dominate here. I, I think it's home field advantage is why they're giving it to him. And yeah, they had that win over the 49ers, which the 49ers are overrated, and they have a horrible quarterback situation. What they're trying to deal with, but. I got to go Titans all day here. Uh, I, again, I don't really like necessarily like that over under, but I, I just have to think that Derrick Henry's again is going to feast. What was he held under a hundred yards last? Was it last week? Was was that his what, seventy or eighty something yards? Like I, I couldn't tell you. I was too too busy worrying about um, Mahomes' mom tweeting about how he's fucking uh, getting cheated out there and interceptions don't count. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I blocked Jackson Mahomes on my social media. I just can I couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> I, bl- I blocked I blocked him on Grinder. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch Brittany Matthews. I mean, I won't listen to her, but I'll, I'll watch what she posts. I mean, that that's at least somewhat entertaining uh, from my perspective. But I think King Henry here, uh, he only needs 131 yards to get to 1,000 yards rushing on the season. That's absolutely insane. What are we in, week eight? Like, that yep. is incredible. Well, I, I, I love watching this guy, and whenever I see him just get any little bit of steam going forward, he, I feel like he's just going to break it every single time. Yeah, and, finish at 86. Yeah, so I, I think I, I like the Titans here, and uh, if there was any type of prop bet of of, of the King getting to a thousand, you know, and getting that one thirty one, I take it all day. I doubt it's out there, but it definitely has, is. It's I think definitely has, out somewhere. Yeah, I think he has a big game, and I, I'm excited to watch it. I'm definitely watching that game uh, this week, so should be a good one. Yeah, I think last uh, when they played earlier in the season, I believe I took uh, Colts with the points and under, so I'm just gonna do a complete one eighty. Titans and over, so expect the Colts to win this one, thirty to ten. <laughs> anything like else for anything else in there, Derek? Before we get into uh, a very interesting one, a team I'm a little bit—I don't say bitter at, but uh, bitter. No, I, I think we're ready to move on to the cool. uh, Patriots Chargers. So, so before we actually talk about this game, oh, dude, Mac. He has to be. He's the truth. He did something in his rookie season, right, that Tom, in his illustrious career, could not even come close. He couldn't drop 50 on the Jets. Mac Jones did it for a rookie year. So Mac Jones was the play. 54 points, and now and people are bitching that they dropped 54 points. This story, for me, comes at the perfect time because I was making uh, – 
I had someone watching uh, the U with me the other day, and some of the best stories were, "Hey, listen, you don't want us to score, fucking stop us." It's that simple, right? It was. This it was is, kind this of- is when we talk about running up score. You're talking about like high school, maybe college, where there's a difference in talent, and and one you know, it, there's just there's just not enough talent out there for the other team. This is the fucking NFL. These are professional football players. Do it's impossible to run the score up. Literally impossible. I don't care if you give 156 points. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it, you're getting you're getting paid to stop them, so do it. Anywho, um, Patriots six point dogs heading into Los Angeles, where I will be here in just three weeks. Uh, over under 49. So my initial thoughts are: roll charges, roll. One thing I will say that. Right now is kind of your equalizer in this game is New England likes to run the ball and Bill Belichick will play to their strengths against the Chargers' weaknesses. We know that uh, we know that story. Chargers have really struggled with stopping the run. I'm not going to say they were cheated against Baltimore, but they got blown out coming off a bye. Um, Damian Harris is a, looking like a good value play. I've got him on my team. So that being said, Chargers can fucking blow out the Patriots on Sunday. It's going to be beautiful. The Chargers are going to steamroll them, and um, hopefully they can drop do a fifty spot on them. Where you where are you guys at? I, I don't know about a fifty spot on on a Belichick <laughs> hopefully, team. Hopefully, I I I I don't even remember the last time fifty was dropped on the Patriots. I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened like in the last like century. <laughs> but uh, I think it was but, a Super Bowl in '85. Uh, Ah, yeah, that would, that would make sense. But no, I, I can't disagree with you here, Marcus. I think the Chargers are going to come back and come back big. Uh, I, I like the over all day on this because you're right. The Patriots are going to run the ball, and I think they're going to have a lot of success running the ball. Uh, the Chargers are like the worst team in the NFL against the run, from my understanding. Uh, but They're down yeah. there for sure. Uh, I think whole- that, yeah, I, I saw uh, on my fantasy there, uh, Damon Harris, I think they're the third worst against the run as of right now. They are horrible. Absolutely horrible against the run, but I think Herbert can come out and come out strong. And they need to have a definitive win here. And a one against the Patriots would be big. It's also, I, I, I think you got to look at East Coast going all the way out the West Coast. Those games are grueling when you have to travel that far away uh, with the rookie, you know, QB. You know, with the Pats, even though Mac Jones has has done absolutely amazing, give me give me the Chargers all day here. Uh, I think Eckler is due for for a big game here, uh, primarily through the air. Uh, so just I, I can't bet against the Chargers, even though that was a horrible game against the Ravens. Uh, Patriots do score, uh, so that's why I like the over. But the Chargers are just going to absolutely steamroll it um, and and have a massive game here. So give me the Chargers and give me the over. Yeah, I, I think the Chargers for sure here. Um, definitely the over. I don't – the lines is, is tough. I could definitely see this being a field goal game, maybe a late touchdown. I think it will be a little closer than, than a lot of people think, but over for sure, and, and I still like the Chargers. Yeah, the um, – one thing I will say about that blowout loss to, uh, to Baltimore, yeah, it, you know, it kind of hurt the bank a little bit. Uh, you play with house money, you hope to uh, – continue to do that but with that being said you have to at least be happy that they just got their dicks blown off instead of a last minute backdoor not cover like backdoor cover from the other end and just really break your heart then so at least, at least they let me down fast quick and fast and just clean cut clean clean break and uh move on to the next bet 
still like the Chargers. Hopefully, uh, hopefully New England can uh, bang up some players. I'd like to see. Uh, not that I'm wishing injuries on people, but I could use a couple injuries come uh, Thanksgiving, uh, the weekend going into Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's this is uh, <laughs> when you talk about like parlays. I don't think I'm going to ever put the Chargers in another parlay again, especially a 16 parlay where that is the only team that didn't hit. Uh, in something like that, it's it's something I'm bitter on, so I'm not touching the Chargers again. However, I will root for my boy Derwin, who is having an amazing uh, comeback season. Uh, I think I mention him every time I'm on the pod. I'm going to continue to do that because he's my boy. And he's you should. He's a stud. He's going to tear it up. But uh, teams that I like to bet on, one of them is is coming in this next game. You got Bucks five and a half point favorites over the Saints in in New Orleans uh, with a fifty point over under. Jameis obviously is coming back playing against the Bucks as the starter. Uh, Brady coming off a massive game as well. Bucks are healthy. Uh, Saints not so much. Uh, I, I think this game should be a little bit. Uh, I think uh, minus five and a half. I feel like is is not giving enough credit to what the Bucks have done as of recently. So uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys are. But uh, Bucks are the team that I mentioned. I like to bet on, and I'm going to bet on them heavy here to take this game because I like what they're doing. They beat a really bad Seahawks team 13 to 10 coming, <laughs> coming off a of bye week. Like I don't, it's not happening. Like it yeah. bucks, bucks all day. So it's, it's a really tough one for me. So emotion aside, the saints are struggling to throw the ball with, as we mentioned earlier, no, no receiving core. Tampa really sh- kind of has struggled to cover the pass. I'm pretty sure they have taken their towel boy to play safety. Uh, they're they're kind of mixing everyone. They're taking it straight from water boy because they're they're in trouble. They're this is a kind of a good game to ground and pound. This could very well be a blowout, but I kind of like the under in this game specifically for that reason. Tampa's linebackers are actually very very good against uh, stopping pass catching receivers. They continually limit. Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, like last two, three years, two years. Um, it's hard. It's really hard for me to like anything about the Saints. They're going to have to stop the pass. Fortunately, uh, LaShawn, uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore was, you know, rewarded for his felony this offseason with a $100 million contract, but that's not going to be enough to slow down this potent potent Tampa receiving core. So if when you want to talk about the which three receivers to start, it really just comes down to who's kind of hurt and banged up. Because uh, Kind of leaning back towards Mike Evans last week, you had to hammer him with A.B. being out. So now it's pick or choose your poison. I have to see what A.B. is going to be. But Godwin, I feel like uh, Brady's very calculated, right? And he wanted to get Godwin two touchdowns last week. Came up just short. So it could be very much that bounce back week just to get Godwin in the end zone twice. So I think he's your DFS play. Bucks roll, though. Yeah, Bucks roll. I'm looking at the depth chart here. Tony Brown still is listed as doubtful, so that's that's something you may not get. But one thing that should excite uh, Bucks fans as well as people that like the Bucks here is that Rob Gronkowski is listed as questionable, potentially coming back, which would be a huge uh, win, but also uh, would be tough uh, for Evans and Godwin on on a first score type of uh, on bet in that situation because Gronk is clearly amazing out in the red zone. But that run game has, has really... I think is really very interesting to watch. Uh, Lenny has just been tearing it up. Uh, Ronald Jones, even though when he doesn't play, doesn't get a ton of touches, he's been pretty... 
I say efficient. Uh, it means like yards per carry. So uh, I think the Bucks can just do whatever they want, similar on offense. But you're right, that defense is pretty bad uh, in the air. But the Saints don't have anybody to throw the ball to. And Jameis uh, is probably going to be playing from behind and chucking it up a lot. So it might give a lot of opportunities for some turnovers. So but- over, over under, how many interceptions from Jameis Winston? I think that should be the prop of the game. It really should. It has to be three picks. Is where I'm over two and a half is where I'd have to lean initially, even though we're anticipating a lot of run, but just gearing towards them kind of pulling away early. I'm going over two and a half. Where are you guys sitting? The over under two and a half interceptions from Jameis. Um, I'll say under. I think they're really cautious of the ball. I don't I, I think they're really gonna pare it down and that will play into them losing for sure. Yeah, they're they're gonna run the ball heavy here. Uh, I think they have to. Um even though the Bucks are extremely good against the run. But as you mentioned, they're really good against defending those pass-catching backs, and that's what uh, Kamara is really, really good at. I'd have to go on the under on this one as well. However, I will uh, I will say that James fumbles the ball. Uh, so, like, if you pair up his interceptions and a fumble, I'd say he's over two and a half. Uh, oh. So I, I like that type of play there because he has been kind of fumbling the ball. Uh, in his past few games. But anyways, I think we're all in the same boat. The Bucks are going to roll here. Take the Bucks. Over-under is interesting, but uh, I think the Bucks is going to be a solid play uh, for most people here. Next game, I'm sorry we don't have uh, uh, Drew on this to talk about the Vikings in a very close uh, game from what Vegas is calling it. Cowboys are traveling to the Vikings. Cowboys are a point-and-a-half uh, favorite here uh, with a 55-point over-under, so... I think there's going to be some fireworks according to uh, what we're seeing. Uh, but uh, Cowboys are coming off of a bye. Uh, I believe the Vikings are also coming off a bye. So two well-rested teams here. Yep. So uh, I like I, I like a lot of uh, a lot of points coming out of this one. Uh, but what are your all thoughts? You got Zeke and you got Dalvin uh, battling it out. I won't even say Dak and Cousins in the same uh, sentence, even though their stats are pretty good when you look at both of them. But uh what do you all say here on the Vikes versus the boys? One of those quarterbacks has a, those quarterbacks have a playoff win. Derek, I'll let Derek go in. I'm just going to start this by uh, saying kind of what you did in this last game. I, I This to bet Dallas. It's been pretty simple. I stated it two weeks ago, and I will not differ – Dallas is undefeated against the spread until they don't cover the spread, whether it's as a dog or a favorite, likely going to be the favorite going forward. Until they get that first loss, I will be on that train until it comes. Yeah, I I, I definitely like this to be a shootout. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I, I think fantasy, you know, if you, you own any shares of any of these players in fantasy, you, you should be happy. Vikings match up well with the Cowboys, but the Cowboys, again, the defense is better than we thought it was going to be. The offense is doing everything kind of at its full potential. Um, I definitely like the Cowboys to win, and it's really hard to win uh, without winning by at least 1.5. Really, really not a lot of room, not a room there. So uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys and the over here. Um, usually I love some home dogs, especially good teams that are home dogs, but the Cowboys, I think, are just a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's exciting to see that they moved to one and a half. I, I think the initial line that I saw, at least, obviously the, all the books vary. Um, I saw Dallas at three. Hmm. I still kind of like Dallas at three. Um, I usually I'll buy them to two and a half just because I hate ties. Um, I think that I 
do like the under. And if Brandon, um, if do bitch over here listens, I know he's going to bitch at me for light leaning towards the under. Yeah, I think both teams have to run the ball, specifically Minnesota. They're at their best when they run the ball. And when Dallas's offense is that potent, what do you want to do? You want to kind of do it. You want to play this game, manage this game. very similar to what you would do with, with Tom Brady in his prime, which you want to do with Patrick Mahomes when the defense resembles a defense. Keep him off the field. I'm hoping for an over because I do own three Cowboys in two leagues. But I'm weirdly saying 55 might just be a hair too much. I can see a 27-24, plenty of points, but still slightly under. Yeah, I, I, I that over-under is something that's I'm not touching. Uh, I could easily see the under as well. I think it's going to be a heavy run type of game. You're going to see Zeke and Dalvin being highlighted here, both well-rested, both prime, prime, prime players. Uh, and you're right, they do want to control the clock. Uh, what I what I really think is going to happen here, just because I think I've seen it so many times, and this 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 point spread is is making me say this, but I'd say the Cowboys get out. It's a close game. You see the Vikings get the ball back just under two minutes, drive down with get within field goal range, set it up, and wide right at home to lose it. You know, mm. probably probably by about two points. That's that is what I'm thinking. I think that's what the Vikings are destined uh, for. That that seems to be the type of loss that they would take in this type of situation against a very good team at home. So, uh, Vikings fans, I think there's going to be some disappointment here. Uh, and again, Cowboys. Love to bet warm, so go the Cowboys here uh, when you're looking at this. I, I'm not touching the over-under, but I do like the boys as well, as painful that that is to say, uh, but boys all day. But um, any of y'all's closing thoughts before we get into the bets that we like this week? And I've got some garbage ones that I'll talk about, but uh, before we get in, anything on these uh, these last games? No, I think that's going to cover some of the big points. There's, it's so it's still like a weird slate, isn't it? I think this is your lower third tier uh, out of everything that we've gotten thus far. Not not too excited about a lot of games. Like even though the Steelers are playing Cleveland, it's a big game. I'm still not excited to watch it. It's going to be an ugly. It's going to be an ugly one, even though I like ugly games. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess my, my my closing thought is Tomlin is staying, and James Franklin's going to USC. You heard it first here. Yep, no, makes sense. He's a great coach. Uh, but getting into the bets that we love this week, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick this off because uh, uh, this probably is one that you shouldn't take, but it's one that I'm definitely going to be betting on myself. Uh, not a sexy one, but I like the Jags money line over the Seahawks. Uh, looking at the Seahawks and what they did and basically how awful they look without Russ. Uh, and how well the Jags have kind of, you know, put up some points and, and have a running game going. Uh, I like the Jags money line here. The Seahawks are favored by three. Uh, I like the Jags all day. I think Trevor Lawrence is getting a little bit of groove. He's not turning the ball over a little bit. Uh, they are, like I said, running the ball well. Uh, they got a little bit of confidence. Uh, Urban Meyer is, is not going out to bars anymore, not causing any bad time, <laughs> even though that actually kind of, maybe help them out a little bit uh, and create some camaraderie uh, within the team. Uh, but uh, I, I like the Jags here all day over the Seahawks until Russ comes back. I'm fading the Seahawks heavy on anything they they're up against. So give me the Jags money line. That would be my bet of the week that I'm going to be taking personally. What do you guys yes. like? So as far as your dog, so actually quite surprisingly as the week progresses, the more I read, the more I pick up on, there's more games I like. 
Um, Jacksonville, I do. I, I'm digging the upset. I'm digging the money line upset right with you. And to be frank, there's a lot of money line upsets I really do like. Um, and I know that right now we're not here to talk about what we like. So here's some things I love. You know who's going to get their first win this weekend? Dan the man. Detroit is due. Philly's out of sorts. They're just way out of whack. Detroit's due. They're going to get it. But as far as bets that I absolutely love, it's Dallas is going to be number one. They will always be number one until they lose. But the Chiefs have to get back on track. The Giants will show that they had a very fluky win when Darnold was seeing ghosts. Chiefs are 10-point favorites, but... If you are stacking them in your DFS, this is the time. It's time for the bounce back. The defense played just well enough. Chiefs are going to score 40 points on Sunday. Chiefs cover. Take the Chiefs. Interesting. Um, I, I still, I'm a big fan of the Titans, man. I can't get away from that one. Titans getting a point. I think I'm slamming that all day. Um, and I think I might parlay in Steelers' money line a couple places. I, I really do like that. The points giving you a little more uh, better, better odds there. A little, more, a little bit more leeway for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, li- I like the parlays. The parlays, if you want your big wins, those those are really where you get it. That's where I've got my wins this year. And, you know, I'd say, hey, uh, listen to Marcus. He can win you some money on occasion. So I, I, I've definitely been able to play with some house money as a result from that. So thank you, Marcus. I appreciate it. Oh, always happy to contribute to delinquency. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you if you ha- don't check it out, check it out. Uh, Sunday mornings, we do have another podcast where we really get into some good uh, betting uh, advice and ways to win some serious cash. So check us out on Sunday mornings. Uh, but other than that, um, Dan Campbell. We always tend to finish this off. Dan Campbell is the absolute man uh, and a very interesting guy. Uh, guy that actually completely outcoached uh, a very good Rams uh, team. This uh, this past week, uh, it's sad that they don't have the personnel on the field to to make it even better. <coughs> Goff sucks ball. <coughs> Sorry, was it um, just me or was was I the only one as as it got down to the stretch and maybe maybe just because a few parlays had uh, their life had ended? But I was really rooting for the the Lions to pull out that win. I I'm a, I kind of a sucker for Dan Campbell. I wanted to see it. I really did. The moves he was making, you just you have to cheer for the guy. Like he's he's trying to find every way to win, but the Lions is always find a way yeah. to just let him down. Like yeah, th- there there was a moment there, and still in the first quarter, uh, up up a score maybe ten points. They had already onside kick, faked a punt, did something else stupid, another trick play, and they're coming up and they're like, well. They've emptied their bag. They have nothing else to do. Get stuffed on third down, fake another punt, and the announcer's like, "Well, fuck, <laughs> oh shit." It was it was awesome, man. Like, that that guy wants to win, and you have you have to imagine that team's getting behind them. Like, hey, listen, guys, we're just not talented, so fuck them. Let's just play hard, and figure it out. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, so we'll we'll put a little twist on this whole Dan Campbell thing, and because it's Halloween. Yeah, you know, we got to do something that is is themed to to the season. Uh, so I I'm posing a question to you all, and I'll get this thing kicked off first. But uh, just uh, just a little random Dan Campbell thing. So, what is your favorite Halloween candy, and what would Dan Campbell have to say about it? So, kicking mine off, my favorite Halloween candy. 
uh, are your extreme sour warheads. I only get them once, like during like Halloween. It's not something I can you can eat frequently because it literally will just make Dar- your mouth that, that face Derek's making right now. It's literally yeah, that it, exactly just raw. Like like why why do you like it? But it, it's good. It, it gives you like a kick it kick in the ass, and it, it, you do finish with a nice sweet taste at the end after the sour piece. But what I think Dan Campbell would say after I just like stuff three of them in my mouth and just start crying, but getting through it, he's like, you know what? Shows what type of man you are. Man that can take pain, lose a ton, but you come out at the end sweet as hell. I like it. I like it. It means you can get through the tough times just like I did when I was part of the team that went 0-16. And now I might be on a team that might also go, actually be the first team to go 0-17 possibly. So a little sour, but hey, you know, maybe at the end it'll be a little sweet. Maybe we'll get a win here. So I think I think Dan Campbell would like my choice of candy. I don't know. That's that's at least mine. What do you what do you got? Now now so it you didn't you didn't see that Mike Leach interview when you when this was your question. Was it just Halloween based? This was just Halloween based. I did not see Mike Leach. Mike Leach Fucking fantastic. He literally had a, like a four minute interview after that game about candies he likes and doesn't like. He literally, he literally goes on a rant about how his favorite candy, which was um, basically he likes gummy bears in different fashions. But one of the candies was only at the dollar store. And he had he's like, I have to go to the dollar store to get it. But I do it because I love it. It's just a whole rant. So that's awesome. Check it out. Like I said, right after a win. Now, I'm very much hoping that that same reporter who didn't even ask him about their impressive upset win, I hope she's at that Detroit game when they upset Philadelphia and give him his first win, and she doesn't even say congratulations for defying all odds. What's your favorite candy, Dan Campbell? And you know what he's going to say? Candy, and he's gonna, with a big chew in his mouth, he's going to spit at her feet and say, Candy, never heard of her. I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I was thinking through this. I, I don't really know what my favorite candy is per se. You, but you talk about like Halloween candy. I always think of like things that come in those mini sizes. And I think I think Dan Campbell appreciates the Snickers. I think it's it's no frills, to the point, substantial, so, you know, some some thickness in there. And and, and it's just I, I think Dan Campbell's a Snickers kind of guy. <laughs> not feeling yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not feeling yourself. You want a little pick me up. Maybe you're in between meals and you didn't eat enough, but it's not early enough to eat dinner. Describe yourself a Snickers. And I think Dan Campbell's all about that lifestyle. Oh, man. Could you imagine an upset win like pre-Halloween and he literally pulls like a Snickers out of out of himself and he, like a half eaten yeah. Snickers and bites into it. He's like, Hell I wasn't yeah. feeling myself. So I had this at the beginning of the game. <laughs> Boom. Two, yeah. A million, million dollar endorsement deal signed right oh, there man. on the spot. <laughs> I Fantastic. Like Nice, boys. Well, I think we had a pretty good one here today. Uh, got some good games coming up. Real excited about it. Any any closing thoughts before we get this thing closed out here? Or uh, you guys excited to watch some football this week? That's it for me. Excited to have another good Thursday night football game. I, I like, you know, this year we've got, seen a lot of good football on Thursdays. Compared to usually it's just a terrible, awful game nobody wants. I feel like we've uh, now exported those to England, and, and we're getting some good Thursday night football. I like it. Fun. I'll definitely be watching. It's gonna be a fun week. We're actually at the we're cutting right through the halfway point. It's kind of uh, it's kind of weird, upsetting, sad, arousing, whatever emotions you're feeling. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it. It's gonna be some good stuff. I'm sad that college football is is almost beyond halfway, but uh, we still got a lot to go. Still a lot of fun things to see, but it's gonna be one hell of a one. But uh, good talking with you guys, and uh, uh, looking forward to these games. See ya.